Listen up. I won't sugarcoat it. This is the longest cold flu and allergy season we've ever seen, but we're not alone. We've got Instacart. Sure, you may be a coughing snot faucet who just wants mommy, but you're not giving up! Not when cold medicine, fragrant herbal teas, and honey shaped like bears can be delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. Now let's go win the sick playoffs! Daddy, I just want my soup. Oh, sorry, Sport App says it'll be here in, in a few minutes. <laughs> Instacart for the win. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. KNC Masterpiece here on 105 through the fan. I am not Kevin Hagelin, nor am I Corey Majors. Reginald Atatula in for the fellas here on the KNC Masterpiece. Of course, still former uh, Texas Ranger, former Major League Baseball pitcher. You know him, you love him. Mike Bassick in with me. Mike, what's happening, man? Oh, had a uh, great vacation in Utah. Figured out I can't ski and <laughs> never trying it again. I've done it twice and I can't do it, uh, but had a great uh, Christmas break, and as I come back, I picked the Cowboys in a 50-50 game to win by three over Buffalo, and that game was over midway through the third quarter. Sure. Uh, I thought the Cowboys had a chance in Miami. I thought it would be a different style of game. I, I didn't think that it was going to be a low-scoring, grinded-out game, but it ended up being that. Um, and honestly, I didn't pick the Cowboys to win that one. I said without picking a score, I thought the Cowboys would lose by about three to six points, and they lost by two points. So here we are back after Christmas break, and now the Cowboys are 10 and five. When I left, they were 10 and three. Yeah, thanks for leaving, Mike. Appreciate that. Um, what I, I just want to stick because you mentioned Utah. What about skiing has eluded you, do you feel? I'm scared to death when I start going downhill. I'm not even going fast, but it feels like I'm going really fast. And I've had, I have a partially torn ACL in my right knee. Oh, okay. I've had that since 2000. I did that in Cleveland uh, during winter, like winter workouts with the Cleveland Indians at the time. And then I've had two back surgeries post playing baseball with just wear and tear of my back over years of pitching and just doing things. So, and probably lack of flexibility. Uh, so, so you're, you're scared and protecting yes, yourself. More that than my back is going to need another surgery, which uh, the great Dr. Evan, who also works for the, the Texas Rangers is like, unfortunately, if you have it in the same L4, L5 area, it's probably back fusion. And that would be really bad at your age. Cause that will lead to other back issues the rest of your life. And then I don't want to tear an ACL because I have felt that before and it doesn't feel good. Okay, so you're skiing scared and, you yes. know, scare money doesn't make none. Right, right? and that's why these little three-year-olds, and I'm not <laughs> exaggerating, these little three-year-olds who've only been walking for two years are, like, going down the slopes just fine, and I cannot. Well, let's hope that uh, doing radio is one where uh, that's in your wheelhouse. You've done it quite a bit, a lot more than skiing. Uh, yeah. But, uh, look. You can always get involved with the program here on the KNC Masterpiece by texting into the truckwreck.com text line 877-881-1053. We're also on YouTube, 105 through the fan on YouTube. 
and twitch.tv slash DallasFanCam. You can get at us in all those various places. But you know where we have to start. We have to talk about Cowboys, Dolphins on your home of the cow, uh, the home of the Cowboys. Um, this is how it sounded at the end. 29 yards on the right hash. Here's the kick. And it's good as time expires. And the Dolphins have finally beaten a team with a winning record. They hadn't either. And they win the game 22 to 20. Of course, that's Brad Sham here on 105.3 The Fan. And I'm glad that Brad brought that up. Uh, coming into this game, it was described, um, and I, I listened to this uh, college football podcast called Split Zone Duo. One of the guys on it, Stephen Godfrey, refers to certain games as anxiety bowls where you come into the game and both teams kind of really need it for various reasons, and whoever loses is going to have a really bad time. This felt like an anxiety bowl. So uh, the question that I'm bringing to this particular segment is very vast, but how are we feeling, Mike? Like, just how are we feeling, just generally? Because we'll get into all different portions of it, but how are we feeling generally? I think I'm known as a Cowboys hater. See what my 15-year-old son even calls me. Oh, really? Yeah, which is fine. I understand that. Uh, Is it just in in that context, or does he just wake up and be like, hey, Cowboys hater, what's up? No, he just will say, uh, you're just, you're a Cowboys hater. You just don't, (laughs) you don't believe in them, right? He's turned out to be a Cowboys fan at 15 years old, which is great. With no no help from you, huh? Yeah, no help from me. Uh, I do buy him, though, Cowboys jerseys. Okay. He has a, a Lamb jersey and a uh, um, <laughs> Micah Parsons jersey. Sorry, I was like, gosh darn it. You know, besides Danny White, who else is number Not 11? a lot of people remember Micah Parsons. But I often say this. I am optimistic on this Cowboys team making the NFC Championship if the bracket works out favorably for them. I still... I know they got blown out by Buffalo and they barely lost to Miami because I'll I'll say this, Reggie, uh, I don't know what you were thinking, but I have the kind of play by play up Okay, at the two minute warning. It's third and three. The ball is at the Dallas 33. I remember being at my parents' house for Christmas Eve and I said, if they can stop them here. And it's going to be 22 to 20. I'm assuming the dude who's making 50-yard field goals left and right for Miami throughout the game. Jason Sanders, a a career day for that man. I'm assuming if the Cowboys can get a stop at third and three and get the ball back with, let's say, approximately a minute 30 to go, and they're losing 22 to 20 with a, a timeout remaining, let's say, I think they're going to go down and kick a field goal and win the game. I remember saying out loud, if we can stop them here on third and three, the Cowboys are going to win this game 23-22. to 22. I just had a feeling that mm-hmm. if you gave the ball back to Dak against the Miami defense, now maybe I was wrong because the Cowboys were struggling. 71 was struggling. Uh, Chuma Idoga. Yeah, he yeah, was. left tackle. He seemed to want to block down in big situations instead yeah. of take the outside guy. I, I got to double check and see, like, what has Chuma Idoga played? How much versatility? He's played tackle before, but at times it felt like he thought he was playing guard in yeah. the ways it's like, hey, man, edge is your responsibility. Yeah. These edge rushers, when they're looping, they are your responsibility. So he could screw up the last minute drive, but yeah. I felt like at third and three with two minutes to go, if the Cowboys can get an incomplete pass or stop them, from running the ball and then I thought to myself would they go for it on fourth and one to go we don't want to give the ball back to Dak like there's a lot of thoughts going through my head at the two minute warning but the main thought was if the Cowboys can get a stop and hold them to a field goal and be losing by two with approximately two minutes to go a minute 30 to two minutes to go I think the Cowboys are going to drive down the field and win this game now they didn't they didn't stop them 
the Miami Dolphins, as you just heard on the highlight, ran out the clock and they won the game. But I am still optimistic on the Cowboys being a top five team in the NFL. You can kill me for it. This would be really weird. I'm the Cowboys hater. My own son calls me a Cowboys hater. I am still optimistic that the Cowboys are better than all teams in the NFC besides San Francisco. They're better than most teams in the AFC besides I know that they would lose to Buffalo again, and I'm pretty sure that they would lose to Baltimore. So I have three teams that are, I I believe, 100% in my heart are better than the Dallas Cowboys. Mm -hmm. But I only have three teams that are 100% better than the Dallas Cowboys in my heart because you have to bully the Cowboys into a loss. They want to play in a track meet, and the Cowboys can beat most teams in the NFL. There's only a few teams that are built to bully the Cowboys, and I know three are. Yeah, and going to the truckwreck.com text line, there's some folks that are not figuring out what you were going for there. Uh, Mike knows that the the Miami Dolphins were down by a point. The the point being, they were already within field goal range. Right. At least I'm, a reasonable I'm assuming he's going to make range. a 50-yard field goal. They're at the 33-yard line. Yeah. That's a 50-yard attempt. I'm assuming they get a stop. I'm assuming... Uh, Miami makes a field goal, and then I'm assuming the Cowboys get the ball back. With some time on the clock. With a minute and a half left, and that they have plenty of time to go from the 25-yard line to about the 35-yard line, not obviously 10 yards, getting to uh, Miami's 35-yard line. And then I'm believing that you're going to make about a 50-yard field goal to win the game with no time left or very little time left. Because as much as it was kind of funny to me, I might have even tweeted this, the idea that in, in a game where somebody is kicking booming long kicks, it is not Brandon Aubrey, it's the dude on the other side. Yeah. Brandon Aubrey has been so good this year that it feels like your field goal range has been extended in some ways. And yeah, I, I, I see where you're going for it, what you're going for there, Mike. I don't know how I feel about this team. It's one of the reasons why I asked this question, again, to the truckwreck.com text line, 877-881-1053, because... I'm with you in the idea that I don't know that there are many teams in this NFL, this current modern NFL right now, that are that much better, um, at least when we talk about the high end of capability, than the Cowboys. There's just a lot of teams that have capabilities that they're not living up to, and the Cowboys are one of those, right? This this is another instance where we see the, the ways in which there's high ends that they can hit, but they're not always hitting that. And maybe that's where people get to the, I know I've seen a lot of people get to the place of like same old Cowboys. Maybe that's where you get to is like, you're not living up to the maximum potential of this team, but the maximum potential of this team, when you exist and when you're running, revving at that high of a, of a RPM, I guess for, you know, sake of the, the metaphor, this is a very good team that could take a lot of other teams out. And so There's still that possibility, but the problem is you can't really hope on that possibility because that's that's stung you in the in the keister the last few years. I'm assuming if you're looking at the text line, Reggie, I'm assuming yes. that uh, right before the Buffalo game, a lot of those people. I am assuming some obviously aren't going to fit into this category, but I think the majority will. At ten and three, the way the Cowboys were playing, they were thinking you know what, finally in my lifetime, I'm going to see the Cowboys play in an NFC championship game mm-hmm. or win a Super Bowl. That's how it felt like after destroying Philadelphia. And that I understand that. I still was like, uh, I don't know, but I do think that they're better than most teams in the NFL. And I think that a lot of people right now are feeling the hurt of back-to-back losses, thinking that you could go to Buffalo, thinking that you could go to Miami and win, and you didn't. And so now the hurt is back. The Cowboys' optimism is dead inside of them. I'm pretty sure the Cowboys aren't going to the Super Bowl. But I still have this optimistic view of 
They're better than Philadelphia. I'm pretty sure they're better than Detroit, and we get to see that this week coming up. And then everybody else in the NFC just doesn't really scare me. Now, I just think that the Cowboys still have a chance to get to an NFC championship game if they don't draw San Francisco in the divisional round. And look, I hate saying this. I'm not like, you know, you can clip this. I'm not meaning this to be a clip. You never know what's going to happen in one game. Maybe Brock Purdy does throw four interceptions to you. You know what? Maybe you hit his elbow and you Tommy John John him. And I'm not saying that's what your goal is in the game, but that's what happened for Philadelphia. And then the game was over. You you were in the first quarter and the game ended because they hit Brock Purdy's arm and they destroyed his elbow. That can happen in a game. It can happen. You know what? I'm not saying this is going to happen. You know what? Detroit can have a sack against Dak Prescott and hurt him, and he's out for the rest of the season and the playoffs, and all of a sudden everything changes for the Cowboys. Yeah, that, I mean, there's a lot of ha- there's I'm a lot of randomness saying, in football, right. is I think what you're ultimately getting yeah, to. Yeah, and that's yeah. I'm saying that the Cowboys, they're not going to be the favorites now to make it to the NFC Championship game. They're not going to be the favorites to win the Super Bowl or get to the Super Bowl in the NFC. But things can still happen, and I'm saying keep your optimism. They're 10-5. and five. No, they're not the best team in the NFL. There's three or four teams that are definitely better than them, but you never know what can happen. And I know that's the Jerry Jones optimistic view. Um, I don't know. There's there's a lot to discuss on this Cowboys game, this Cowboys team. To me, they're a track meet team. They hate bully ball. When it became a little bit of bully ball late in the game to try to stop Miami, they couldn't stop the the, the shorter plays to kind of get to the situation where they needed to get the ball back. Maybe that's all getting Jonathan Hankins back. If Jonathan Hankins is back, obviously Mozzie Smith in his first year is a not a good player. He's not an NFL football player in his he's first not, year. No, he's not living up to what you would typically anticipate from a first round pick. And that's hurting you. The yeah. the Hankins, Hankins and Tyron Smith not being able to play is really hurting this team. And hopefully they will be back and healthy for a playoff stretch. Now, you talked about kind of the optimism, and I was, I don't know if I was surprised, but I was i was kind of interested in the amount of optimism brought to the press conferences and the podium from um, both Mike McCarthy and Dak Prescott. Ch- check out Dak Prescott here uh, in Cut 21 here uh, on the narrative switch depending on that, you know, final kick. I mean, how we're, we're this whole... Narrative changes off of unfortunately one play out there. I mean, the guy misses a field goal. We're in here talking about a completely different outlook. So let's not lose sight of that. I mean, that, that's the game of football. And a lot of times, you know, we we, we flip flip the the script off off of one play in that sense. And these guys, we're not going to do that. Um, it sucks. We hate to lose. Nobody's taking any moral victories from this. Um, we will take some confidence, but we're not taking any more moral victories. But my point is, if he misses that field goal or one earlier, we score earlier. You know what I mean? Like, and it's a, it's a different game. So, we're gonna be committed. I think. Think to answer your question is this brotherhood. What we're committed to, we're committed to one another, holding each other accountable in our, in our goal. And yeah, we just we just gotta capitalize early. Obviously on that first that first drive, and then um, defense will probably say that they need they need to get that stop. But they did a hell of a job. We got to find a way to put in more points as an offense, and and we will. You agree with that outlook for Dak? And Mike McCarthy seemed to have a somewhat similar one as well. Yes, because the best player in the NFL and is an, a generational talent, uh, Patrick Mahomes is kind of saying the same things after getting hammered somewhat by the Raiders in a weird game. I don't want to get into that game, but if you're on the team, you have to believe that. In your heart, you have to believe that. Once you start quitting on your team being good, 
that's when you see teams just they crater. And I know I'm an older guy. I'm 46 years old now. You're not that old. But that's what we saw in 1997 from the Cowboys. That wasn't a bad team. It wasn't a good team either. Once they went to Green Bay and lost by 1,000 points, they just quit. They're like, look, in our hearts, we know we're not good enough. We're not beating a team like Green Bay. We're probably not beating a team like San Francisco, or there might have been a few other teams in the NFL that the Cowboys looked in the mirror, looked at themselves, and said, we're not good enough. We quit. So it can happen. Even to Troy Aikman, Michael Irvin, Emmett Smith, Deion Sanders, they quit. In 1997, they quit. So I've seen teams like this, and I think this team is probably a hair better overall than the 97 team, but I've seen I've seen three-time NFL Super Bowl champions quit a few years later because they looked at themselves in the mirror. So I think Dak has the right attitude, and these Cowboys have 10 wins. They need to have that attitude. Yeah. Whether they win or lose, you have to have that type of attitude. So I understand his quote. Yeah, and I mean, I, I understand the positivity in some ways also because off of coming off of the Buffalo game, this was absolutely a marked improvement, but unfortunately still a loss, 22-20 to 20 in Miami against the Dolphins. Uh, you're a Cowboys. We, we, we got to figure some things out because, again, this is another one of those road losses. Do we have any more hypotheses on trying to figure out what exactly is uh, plaguing the Cowboys' rose on the ro- woes on the road? It's the KNC Masterpiece, and we'll do that next on The Fan. Your fever is high, and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker of yours. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Snap is back, third down. Throw on the left side of the end zone for Cooks. Leaping up, Cooks. Did he catch it? Yes! Touchdown, Cowboys! What a throw and catch from Prescott to Cooks with 3.27 left in the game. KNC Masterpiece here on 105 through the fan. Reginald Datatula here with you alongside your guy Mike Bassett. Chris Strong is on the ones and twos for us. Thank you for rocking with us here on uh, on 105.3, the fan, um, before we went to break there, you know, we were talking about just how we felt about this game. You know, obviously, you heard one of the highlights for the Cowboys, even though they fall 22-20 to in Miami Gardens against the Miami Dolphins. And I know some people were asking about the idea, because you were talking about that late game situation, the idea that right. you're down, you know, you're up two uh, and you're trying to, or sorry, you're up one rather, 
and you're trying to figure out the situation and people are like, why didn't you, you know, let just let the Dolphins score? And I think Mike McCarthy even addressed this in his press conference, saying something to the effects of they they considered it, but just like, you know, the field situation was not one that they agreed with or would work there. I thought about it, too, after they got that second first down or they got about eight yards. I'm trying to. And then I thought, oh, crap, we don't have enough timeouts at this point to even do this because uh, it was third and two from the Dallas 15. And it was like, oh, crap. And they Wilson runs up the middle for six yards. And I'm thinking at that point, I think like a lot of Cowboy fans just let them score. But then you don't have any timeouts or you have one timeout left. You know, you can go to a player two before that, too. And you're just like, oh, crap. If they are smart enough to kneel it at the one, if you let them go and you don't push them into the end zone yourself, right. like almost walk them into the end zone, if they kneel at the one, you don't have enough timeouts to get the ball back. So I do want to talk about um, the idea that this is yet another road loss. Obviously, back-to-back losses for the first time since the 2021 season, which is obviously notable, but another road loss on this season, and it's it's gotten to a point, obviously, we, we got to this point probably last week where we were discussing this in a major way where we're breaking it down and trying to figure out what is it that's contributing to the Cowboys' road woes. So again, truckwreck.com text line 877-881-1053. Do we have any more guesses and uh, do we have any more ideas on what could be causing this? And maybe we should go back around to some of the theories that we had come up with and test them and see if they fit here because I'm still perplexed as to why it is that the Cowboys are having such a tough uh, tough go of it away from AT&T. I don't know. It's a great question because now you're three and five on the road. Yeah. And now you could look at the schedule and say you've lost – 49ers, they're better than you, no doubt. You lost Bills, and I think the Bills can win the whole thing. I, I really do. I know that they're they're not in a perfect position to do it, but I think they can. That's a great team. The Dolphins are 11-4. and four, mm-hmm. And then the Eagles are also, you know, record-wise better than you at 11-4. and four. So if you look at four of the five losses on the road, you could look at it and just say, look, those teams are as good or better than you. It's right. the, the only game is the Cardinal game where you go, what the crap? Like, you lost to a really bad team. Now, that being said, Reggie, I'm going to throw this out because that's one theory is you just four out of your five losses are against really good teams on the road. And to, to that end, right, before this week, before this weekend, um, the win-loss record was pretty close when you talk about home percentage uh, or opponent parent, yeah, opponent percentage i'm just gonna slow down a little Mm -hmm. bit uh versus uh the percentage win percentage of your opponents on the road i imagine the miami loss now shifts that a great amount because miami has a pretty good record and i know that we don't call it this anymore but are we are the cowboys just an astroturf team let's look at the cardinals have the grass that they roll out and into the indoor stadium 49ers grass field eagles grass field bills that is turf and you just got destroyed there And then the Dolphins, that's a grass field, right? Yes. yes. So is it, because it was raining there, is it, I'm just throwing this theory out. Do the Cowboys, if you play on a grass surface, which is usually considered a slower surface, usually, if you slow down the track meet, because the Cowboys are, to me, just a track meet team, if you put them on grass, do they kind of slow down? And if you slow down the Cowboys... Speed on defense and speed on offense, does it just screw them up tremendously that they're not on AstroTurf? 
I, I, I can't imagine that that is such a large difference, especially because if it was simply that they are getting outrun in various yeah. ways, it's like, okay, maybe that speed comes into play. And honestly, I, I'm not even sure. I think this might be kind of just anecdotal. I'm not sure that there's an actual, you know, evidence, evidentiary base that this plays slower on grass or turf. It might just – because it feels like a coincidence more than it is an actual provable thing. Now, right. I'm I, with you. I'm, I'm not also saying this is true. Right. Or I'm just throwing it out as a theory. And I just have a hard time thinking that, like, the surface ends up changing the ways that this goes in so many different ways. Because also, you've seen different types of losses. Like, I, I, can't, I can't look at the Bills' loss and tell you – that grass or no grass changes whether or not they can tackle or whether or not uh, they can, you know, shed blocks, right? And so maybe it it plays a small factor, but I can't imagine this carries a large percentage of because obviously no no one thing is going to make a difference in wins or losses per se. But I don't know how big of a how big of a thing that the the slow on grass thing, because also 903 makes a good point here on the truckwreck.com text line. Uh, On grass, Tyreek Hill... Um, he plays on grass all the time, and that is a fast son of a you-know-what, right? I'm just, yeah, I was throwing it out as a theory because if you look at it, it's probably theory one, honestly, to me, is guess what? When you play teams that are around your competition or a little bit better, they, unfortunately, those games were just played on the road. Yeah. Uh, They weren't played at home. Your, Your home challenges this year, Early on in the year, the Rams, which we didn't think was very good. Now, it looks like they are they have a good chance to maybe sneak into the playoffs. I'm not even saying they're a great team, but if you just look at your schedule and break it down, the Seahawks, they have a chance to make the playoffs. That was a very tough game, and you won in a track meet type of game, 41-35 mm-hmm. to 35 recently. And then you played the Eagles at home, and you destroyed them 33-13. to 13. On the road earlier in the year, you lost to them in a very close game where you had the ball at the six-yard line, and by the time the final buzzer ended, you had the ball. It felt like close to midfield after a few crappy decision and play. So um, I don't know. I, I don't know why, but it looks like the Cowboys are going to have to win three games on the road to make it to the Super Bowl. And when you're 3-5 and five on the road, and there's really – at this point, you play at the Commanders. I don't even know if that game's going to mean anything for I the Cowboys. Ima- no, I can't. So you might so. have to. You might just sit that game out and be three and six on the road at the end of the year because you didn't even try in that game. Um, it's tough to look at the Cowboys' path to the Super Bowl and go, "All right, you're three and five on the road," but they're they are going to win three road games to make it to the Super Bowl. Yeah, and I mean, there is the note that the Cow- this Cowboys team practices on grass as well. They oftentimes v- try and play outside. Yeah. Uh, I guess the idea is, as someone, some people are trying to kind of make it make sense for me. The idea being maybe that this team is built to play a faster, speedier type game when you consider offensively they lean towards throwing the football and really trying to create space in that right the likes of the touchdown you saw from cd land get the ball to him in space allow him to use his speed to go and make things happen so maybe the idea if this slows down if grass does indeed slow down players now you're playing a little bit away from that speed element i don't know i can't imagine this is a veteran team if you look at the cowboys this is not a young team uh dak is in his prime uh, you look at the offensive line, it's a, for the most part, a veteran team. Now, I get, man, when you miss Tyron, I didn't know missing Tyron Smith would just really screw them up. But you wouldn't think that crowd, like, I get it. Like, if you are a team with a third year, second year, first year quarterback, I could see where the crowd could play a, a major factor in screwing up the game. But Dak, 
Dak has all his cadences. Dak knows everything. If you look at the defense, hey, it's led by Micah Parsons. He's in his third year, so that is a younger guy, but you do have guys like Demarcus Lawrence out there, Gilmore uh, in your yeah. secondary. Like You have guys that have seen a whole bunch of different situations in football, so I can't go – well, man, it's just a young team, and sometimes young teams on the road just get distracted. Uh, this doesn't seem yeah. like that type of situation. Which is odd because another one of the things that has shown up, but it's just for been this team in general, but I guess more on the road is the ways in which penalties and inopportune penalties show up. You think Micah Parsons was going to get a after he uh, hit too late? I thought, don't touch the referee. I thought, I thought Demarcus Lawrence did a really yes. good job because I think Micah was. This is throughout the whole season. I thought he's complained about it. I thought Micah might get thrown out of this game, and then I was like, thank you, Tank, because I think he was ready to either touch the ref or I'm screw it. We're at the five yard line anyways, taking a personal, you know, like a. Uh, not a personal foul. I guess you'd call it that. Yeah, but I'm like, not exactly sure. You know, yelling the, at the ref where they throw another flag. Where right. Like, you went over the line, but I was like, dude, I think Mike is about to lose it. And it's it feels very much. I, I think that that was very much veteran and heady in that because he knew his teammate, and it was evident that Michael was just in a different place. And look, this is weeks long, yeah. and we'll talk more about this, I believe, what, at noon? Yeah. Um, about Michael Parsons and the ways in which he's penalized or not, you know, not receiving penalties. Uh, I guess the ways he's officiated, yeah. right? Um, and you could tell even after the game that it's still stuck with him. So good on Demarcus Lawrence to get between him there. Um, and so you're just kind of going back and forth, up and down, because this again we've mentioned this is a team that's built to speed for speed. They like throwing the football. Yeah. You can you can continue to do that when you're you know when you're ahead it's, in a way. And then also the pass. I think more than anything, the yes. defense is built towards pass rushing and protecting rather than just being like this that team is ahead they're going to run the ball to try and run clock and now we have to go and stop them and hold them that's not built to the Cowboys strengths the other way to explain it to a, a listener is when both teams know that they have to score touchdowns and they have to score them yeah. quickly you yeah. can't really uh, have a 12 play drive a 12 play drive if it doesn't work out in a touchdown you feel like you're going to lose the game if it works out in a field goal you feel like we're going to lose because we have to score touchdowns and we have to get to 30 plus if not 40 points a game when it becomes that type of game that's what the cowboys love playing in if you look at their big winning streak 49 33 45 41 33 those were the points scored and so that's what the Cowboys want to play in. They want to play in a 35 to 32 type of game. Now, I know they don't want to give up 32, and in a lot of those games they blew out teams. Because when you get into a game where Dak is on and you're scoring touchdown yeah. after touchdown after touchdown, the other team goes, we can't run the ball up the middle for four yards on first down right. because we put ourselves in second and six. If we do it again and we're in third and three and we're off the field again, they're going to score a touchdown in three minutes, and now it's going to be a 14-point game. So you want to get the team thinking of – we need to get big chunk plays. And in those situations, the Cowboys have Deron Bland, who likes pick sixes. Yep. They have Micah Parsons and other guys who make the life a living hell on a quarterback. When, and this is weird to me that the Dolphins didn't do this more, why were they running to the outside so much? We like speed. We like things getting dragged out to sidelines. The Cowboys have the speed to get there before you get there. 
it's the, it's the harder in-between tackle runs that the Cowboys do not like defending, especially with Jonathan Hankins out. And luckily, the Dolphins just didn't want to do it as much as I thought they would going into the game. Well, I think also some of this is they're playing to their strengths because that would be playing to the Cowboys' weaknesses. Right. But the Miami Dolphins are a speed team, so you get to the outside with the, with that kind of speed. Devon Achan, right, literally track meet speed, right? right. Literally a right. track guy. You want to yeah. get him out to the outside. And I didn't know they had so many. My son helped me out with this. He's maybe going to take my job here but he was talking about hey look at how many guys when it looks at top speed in the nfl that mozart achan tyree kill and even waddle right they have four guys in the top 20 in the nfl as fastest guys in the nfl so four out of the 20 fastest guys in the nfl are on one team yeah and they utilize that that's why that cheat motion that we've seen get those guys started going fast and then defenses don't have a lot of a chance. So, no, but I think game script might be something interesting here because they did go up 7-3, to three, but they should have been up a couple of touchdowns. And so it does harken back to the idea you're on the one. You have an opportunity to get this, punch this in. And it's real inopportune because Hunter Lipke in that first drive was very good. He started looking like, you know, going back to Miami – or sorry, uh, the Green Bay days for Mike McCarthy where he used the likes of John Kuhn and such, right? It that seemed like they were getting to that place and then that a was, really bad fumble. That was the fullback's fault, right? I on think, the handoff. I believe so, right? Get that ball and grab onto it, and it didn't seem like. Yeah. Now, of course, it's charged Dak Prescott. Um, my my initial reaction was Hunter Lipke, and I guess we'll ask Mike, uh, we'll ask Mickey Spagnola at eleven what yeah. he thinks as well. Um, but yeah, I think that also helps if you go up if you go up there and then you get the opportunity. And obviously, you know things don't exactly fold, unfold the exact same way. But I imagine you go up those two touchdowns and that changes the game yep. script. And yep. maybe you're back in the Cowboys, yeah. um, the lane that they like operating in. It's the KNC masterpiece here on 105.3 The Fan. Coming up next, you know what time it is? We got some baseball nuggets. Mitch Garver is gone. Clayton Kershaw in next. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at the coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, 
the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Who does not run well? Abreu holding him on. Valdez comes home, and there's a high drive hit to right field. Angling back toward the corner is Tucker. He is at the wall. He leaps. It's history. He didn't get it. It's a two-run homer. As Tucker went up there, reaching into the fans, and did not come down with the ball. Jonah goes the opposite way, and the Rangers lead 3-1. It's the KNC Masterpiece here on your home of the Texas Rangers, who are the World Series champions. 105.3 The Fan. That was Jonah Heim. I'm Reginald Datatula in for Kevin, Corey, whichever one. Uh, Mike Bassick is here, however, and, I mean, look, I'm very happy to uh, get into the baseball show of record or be back on the baseball show of record because it's time for Baseball Nuggets. Man, I'll tell you what. I'm going to just go a little bit back to Jonah Heim in that highlight. Do you remember in September when we're like, I'm not even sure if he can play, <laughs> his his wrist is messed yeah. up or whatever, and he needs off-season surgery? Like, you know, you just think of everything that came together. Yeah. You're, you're thinking Jonah Heim's not healthy. Uh, you're thinking that Josh Young isn't healthy, and right. he wasn't. And then you get Adolis Garcia hurt in early September. You're like, he probably won't be able to play. Which even a if godsend you make a, uh, when you think about it. Like, yeah. You know, like, yeah, and Evan Carter comes up, and then obviously Garcia comes back and is healthy for the majority of the playoffs. Just think of, like, certain things that have to, like, line up right. I know we've been talking Cowboys a lot, but certain things for the Cowboys. Jonah Heim coming back and actually playing up to his standards – Tyron Smith is going to have to come back and be an all-pro. And Jonathan Hankins is going to have to come back and be just a run-stopping, eat-up-two guy type of – like if if those things happen, the Cowboys get back on track. That's what happened to the Rangers. A lot of things did not look good in September. And then – even guys who were like, well, he's back, but he's not healthy. He ended up being, he ended up playing at, you know, a premium level, a guy like Jonah Hyman. The reason we played that highlight is because backup catcher – and DH, Mitch Garver, did sign with the Seattle Mariners over the kind of Christmas holiday. He's dead to me. So he signed for a two-year, $24 million contract, and there was just no way the Rangers could pay a guy that they saw as, let's say, a a two-thirds of a player. And what I mean by that is he was going to play two-thirds of the time in your everyday lineup, probably 25% of the time as your backup catcher, and then a little over... 40% or about 40% of the time as your designated hitter. And look, without Mitch Garver, you don't win the World Series. I'm not saying he was the reason, but he had some very key at-bats and big situations where Mitch Garver came through huge for you. But now you're void of your backup catcher. Hedges signed with Cleveland. He's gone. I'm pretty sure it was Cleveland. It doesn't matter if I'm getting the team wrong. He's not with. It was the, somewhere in the Midwest. He's not with the Texas Rangers anymore. And now Mitch Garver is gone, and he is not with the Texas Rangers anymore. So as we look at the catcher situation, and you're right, it was Cleveland. Jonah Heim is a all-star catcher. Uh, he'll be there with Adley Rushman. I expect him to be a all-star caliber catcher next year too. I, I do expect that from Jonah Heim. I think he's in that top three type of category of catchers in the American League. Especially calls a great game and then also delivers at the plate, yeah, right? Switch hitter, too. Switch so hitter, you yeah, don't, true. You don't have to really worry about, oh, no, a lefty's pitching, ta- 
pitcher is pitching, take him out. You can keep him in as, as many games as you need, but you also have to try to keep him healthy throughout a season. That's the toughest position, arguably, in all of sports to stay healthy at uh, is that catcher situation. So I go to free agent catchers on MLBTradeRumors.com, and there's just not much that I'm in love with. Wait, I, hold on. You're going to free agent catchers. Uh, you have a catcher in your farm, Sam Huff, who has been long you know, looked at yeah. as a catcher. In fact, we've had questions about if he should be moved to first base, and they, the organization has been like, no, he's a catcher. Yeah. And I think Sam Huff's in a weird spot in his career because if I don't have his stats pulled up or his age, I think he's 27 years old at this point. Uh, I'm not 100% sure about that, but I think he's past like 25 years old. So he's 25 exactly. Okay, so he's 25 exactly. Okay, mm-hmm. so that that does help out. But I'm just not sure that the Rangers, from what I understand, I'm not sure. I don't know this for a fact. I'm not Chris Young or, you know, or Bruce Bochy. But I'm not sure if the Rangers want Sam Huff to be their second catcher. So if, let's just say, Jonah Heim gets injured and has to miss a month, that happens with catchers. I don't know if they feel like Sam Huff can do what Mitch Garver did, and that is, hey, you're our primary catcher Mm -hmm. for the majority of games for a month while Jonah recovers from whatever he's recovering from. That can happen. You know, you get put on the 10-day IL or, you know, God forbid, longer. You're on that IL, but you have to be on it longer than 10 days. I don't know if the Rangers feel like Sam Huff can take over that position on a somewhat everyday basis in 2024 where – like it or not, the Rangers do believe they can win the World Series again. I know that maybe this offseason isn't going as excitingly uh, as last year's was or the year before was, and you're coming off of winning the World Series and you're thinking, hey, let's defend this championship and let's do this and this and this and this. The Rangers, unfortunately, are in a situation where they don't know how much money they're going to get from television. They just don't. It's supposed to be a check for $111 million, I believe, from Bally's throughout the season. Obviously, not just one lump sum. But you know that that money was supposed to be coming in. Right. Because of what's going on with the television situation, they don't know. Maybe they do get $111 million, but they don't know. They can't say in their budget that's what they're getting. So the Rangers are in a little bit of a weird situation where they, I think, want to add approximately $20 million uh, to where they're at. But That's, that's not a lot of money. That's not with. a lot. Yeah. That's not a lot. And you've already given... Kirby Yates, you've already given a reliever about $4 million. So are you at still at $20 million? Are you down to about $15 million? I don't know, but you don't have a lot. So if you look at Mitch Garver, he would have eaten up most of that, and they just weren't going to pay a backup catcher that much money. So when I look at free agency, Sam Huff will be competing, I think, for a backup catcher situation. But I think they would like for somebody to come in and say, that's our backup catcher. Mm-hmm. One guy that is a 100% absolute no for the Texas Rangers will be Martin Maldonado. He's still on this list. I just can't imagine they bring that guy in. Uh, I don't think there's a person on why? the Texas why, Rangers why, why that Why wouldn't they like Martin Maldonado? Yeah. He was the catcher for <laughs> the Astros, if you don't know this, who pretty much uh, called the code red. Uh, and he was yeah. the one who said, look, I don't like what Adolis Garcia did. We don't want to face Adolis Garcia in this situation. Go ahead and plunk him. And that led to, obviously, the big situation where he got thrown out of the game. And that did hurt the Rangers in that game. But I don't think the Rangers look at Martin Maldonado's catching situation, yeah. look at his offensive numbers and want him. But I do look at Gary Sanchez. If you don't know who Gary Sanchez is, he was supposedly going to be a, a, a stud for 
the New York Yankees. He wasn't. He started off hot yeah. as a New York Yankee, but I was looking at his numbers. He's 31 years old. He's improving as a defensive catcher, but he's not good as a defensive catcher still to me this day. So I don't think like Gary Sanchez is the answer. I look at an older guy who's 35 years old in Yasmani Grandel. He used to be good. He was an all-star in 2019. Yasmani Grandel is still in the league. But he's fallen <laughs> off tremendously. But you're looking at backup catcher, and I don't know how much Grandel is going to cost. Now, he would probably be on a one-year contract maybe the rangers are looking for more of a one-year contract situation on a backup catcher i look at mike zunino he doesn't excite me like these aren't signing a backup catcher is not going right. to be exciting <laughs> right but i do think the rangers are either going to need to trade for or sign another oh. catcher because maybe you maybe you trade and what i mean by this is you get somebody else's backup catcher thrown in you you like this guy you're gotcha, like this gotcha, is gotcha, a guy yeah. who i like i don't have to sign to a long-term contract or a bigger number on a one year i just traded for a relief pitcher and their backup catcher so that could be an option and i don't have a name i have not heard from uh, anybody with the rangers that hey this is a couple guys that we like that we think we can trade for to be jonah's backup catcher i don't know that situation got you so you're you're very much more thinking as a part of a trade, a part of a package, as opposed to maybe like a primary with like yeah. just a player to be named later or someone in the farm, something like yeah. that. I'm not sure Sam Huff is the answer. I don't know this, but I think the Rangers would would do something else. And then when you look at the the free agents left in the catcher's market, I don't know if any one of them excites me. Mm-hmm. I know that none of them excite me, so I don't know if any of them excite the Texas Rangers or not to be the backup catcher. So maybe they're looking for, as you have, approximately seven weeks until you show up with That's pitchers wild. and catchers. It's not that far off that maybe the Rangers are looking for some sort of trade situation where they get a relief pitcher, let's say, and a backup catcher uh, to solve that need. Now, Real quick, uh, while I was out, the rumor has it that the Rangers are pursuing Clayton Kershaw. Now, that would have to mean as he got his uh, shoulder surgery done in L.A. I'm sorry, I'm forgetting the doctor's name, but it was not Meister. It was not as the Rangers do have an unbelievable surgeon who then does get to do surgery on a lot of major league players that aren't Texas Rangers. And so he has a good idea on opening up that elbow or that arm or that whatever and saying, no, we think that it's going to be fine. Or, hey, you might not want to mess with this guy when it comes to trading for or signing for. But I'm assuming the Rangers are getting pretty good reports that Clayton Kershaw is going to be okay and going to be able to pitch another year or two in the major leagues. And so the Rangers are looking at that situation. Remember, limited budget. Clayton Kershaw signed a one-year contract last year, signed a one-year contract the year before. I don't know if he's looking for a two-year contract or if the Rangers want a two-year contract on him, but maybe you do with the shoulder issue going, maybe he won't be as good in 24 or as ready. Maybe we want another year on that too that we know he can pitch in 25. I still am optimistic about this. If you look at Clayton Kershaw's numbers, they were good last Mm -hmm. year. Yes, if I'm comparing it to Clayton Kershaw of 2018, they're not good. But if I'm comparing Clayton Kershaw to the rest of Major League Baseball, it's an above-average starting pitcher who you cannot rely on for 30 starts. I get that. But if you look at Clayton Kershaw, I would love to have him here. His numbers are still really good. If I'm comparing Clayton Kershaw to Clayton Kershaw, it's not good anymore. 
But if I'm comparing Clayton Kershaw to the rest of Major League Baseball, it's good. Now, I don't think he's going to be ready for April. I don't know this. I don't think he will with the surgery that he had. And that's concerning, right? Because you have Jacob DeGrom, who you know is not going to pitch the first three months of the season. If He might not pitch till September. He might not pitch at all in 2024. I don't know. They're optimistic on Jacob DeGrom, but they don't know. Uh, Obviously, they signed uh, Malley who they think will be ready to pitch after the All-Star break at some point. Max Scherzer, they're hoping pitches around the All-Star break or after the All-Star break. Would you have a fourth guy? Would you sign a fourth guy that you're like, I think he can pitch, but not till the All-Star break. That's a weird situation to get into, and that's what the Rangers are probably trying to figure out. We want to sign Kershaw and go, now we have four guys that we're hoping are we're optimistic on that come back. Just wait till July. we got a great rotation. Can you you hold it together? That will be the Rangers' issue. Can they hold it together? In a weird way, last year they just went 40 and 20 and had to hold everything off until the playoffs. Is it going to be opposite where can we just play around 500 for three months and then we start getting guys back that helps us get to well over 500 to make the playoffs? Oof. Uh, been an interesting offseason, a somewhat quiet one, as you kind of mentioned. You know, the money of this ultimately plays a part of it. But still, at the very least, Rangers fans can hold on to. World Series champion, Texas Rangers, um, and you know, the baseball show of record here on 105 through the fan will keep you on top of all of it. It's the get right, or no, it's not the get right. It's, it's KNC okay. Masterpiece. We can be that today. I, look, I don't mind that. Yeah, muscle memory went right in. Uh, KNC Masterpiece, however, uh, Kevin and Corey out. I'm Reginald Atatula sitting in. Mike Bassick still here with you. And keeping it on the tracks in normalcy, we'll talk to Mickey Spagnola next. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island. Jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places.